Hey guys, missed you. So here's season three. Things are going to be different around here from now on. I've got three stories for you. Let's jump right in. I'm poor and I talk about it a lot because I'm worth more than what I own. I'm disabled and yeah, I talk about that because I accomplish more than I'm able to do. Autistic? Because I'm worth getting to know. Now crazy. I say I'm crazy because I'm crazy. And madness is my method. Someone once told me the personal is political. Maybe I overshot a little. Happens. The way you live your life is a political act. Oh, for those who wonder, we said overshot before overshare was invented. And you commenters who like my voice, check out my podcast. Hi, I'm still Johnny. I'm still profane. And I'm still here. Finally, season three of Autistic as Fuck out loud. Why no episodes since fall? Major burnout, dog attack injuries, couple of health scares, some dark emotions, exhaustion. It's called autistic life, and I am living it out loud. Shut down for three months, then woke up. So I'm declaring victory and a new focus. How to live authentically autistic out loud, like my opening manifesto. Living unmasked is a political act. If you're autistic, love one, work with some, or just can't figure out if you are one, expect lots more stories, three this episode, plus more variety, more passion, more ideas to try. In story three, I talk about masking from a new angle, writing to friends for your boss or the public. But first... Let's explore autistic friendship, a beautiful and precious thing. So let's rock and roll. Friendship is complex for this autistic. There's love, there's hashtag, don't give a fuck anymore. And then that vast thorny battlefield between them, friends. I want to tell you about my friend Billy and end with a simple spoken word memory. But I feel like I gotta set the scene. Which I'll warn you up front gets a little gritty. Street talk, the slur, idiot, drug use, death. There's nothing I crave more in my life than companionship. And the times I found it, my most glorious moments. Whenever I found them, for however long, with whoever. The pop myths about autistics aren't kind. One, we can't feel love, don't want friends, lack empathy. Two, we're hostile, aggressive, rigid, can't communicate. Three, don't feel compassion. In fact, four, we don't feel. Full stop. On Mastodon, my friend Dragon Lady CH read this in draft. She adds, 
Then they put us on a pedestal like a precious gem to be kept in a showcase as long as we stay there and don't move. Why do I want to tell new myths? Because all these old ones were written by non-autists. They don't know me. And I don't see myself in any of them. So, those pop culture stereotypes are just their screen grabs of movies and TV, of problems non-autistic people have understanding us. They see Rain Man or Ellen Musk. Their myths have no reality for us. They're ugly distortions in a funhouse mirror. Straight society trains us for its goals, a mad dash to max out production, consumption, growth. So pop media teaches straight citizens a treacherous mixed message about us. The autistic, all disabled, are a duty, a burden, and a danger. We get in the way of their goals, but we must be coddled and protected. So we got to be watched, because who knows how we'll take advantage or when we'll go off. Their stereotypes, their myths. The boxes they give us to squeeze into, the deserving cripple, the flawed genius, the idiot savant, the infantile idiot, the asshole next door. Notice, not a one of them helps achieve their goals. So like all such prejudices, their myths oppress and imprison us. See, most autists don't feel too little. Most say we feel too much, too deeply, too quickly, easily overwhelmed by intense or prolonged contact. You come to dread criticism, ridicule, judgment from everyone, everywhere, every time, big time in every group. It's near universal. We feel we don't belong. We're unseen. We're other. Poet William Blake's a big hero of mine. He felt like an other. The goals and myths of 18th century England wrapped him in chains. So he wrote his own heroic myths and spoken songs to throw off those chains. Here's one of mine. Myth number one. My autistic goals are about respect, admiration, and joy. For what I want, for what I do, with who I love. My life's been a search for friends and love. Married three times, plus four multi-year partners. Most folks seem to place memories around where they lived. I remember my life by who I was with at the time. In my world, a friend is a precious thing, likely to disappear with my next spoken word. I can't afford to judge that fragile treasure by status, accomplishment, education, wealth, or what they can do for me. I only know the joy of the shared moment in front of me. Whether I bent elbows with billionaires, as I did a few years, or live with the homeless, as I did a few times. Billy and I had nothing in common except our hearts. So we became friends. I call this one my friend Billy, because he was. 65 going on death. 
Woke to a frozen world where no car crept. A day no singing bird was left alive. A day another friend sighed his last breath. Polar vortex blew through my trailer. I wrapped windows in blankets, sealed the entries to my life, a bunker in war. Cranked the oven, cracked its door. Stale air hung like failure. Settled in for a day alone, picked up the phone, my only open door. Splashed across its screen, wars, rumors of wars. Disasters revealed, disasters concealed, a dying world's dreams. I read the news. Tanker spews fuel. A politician lies. Then, local man dies. Wind froze my heart. Another sun sets. That'll never rise. Another friend gone. Or I can't hear his cries. Billy, I wish I were that poet. Say, Yeats' sweet voice or Bleasdale Cohen. Raised in bitter rejoice. To toast your life of rough edges, but I see you clear. Tears in your eyes, laughing. How you outraced cops across Arizona deserts. Or burnt a scumbag dealer. Or how your kid came to be born. Crying about that woman you loved. Those kids you miss seeing. Locked in your room, picking at scabs. Dying one bottle at a time. He lived for love. He lived for laughs. He left little more than a church full of folks who missed him for an hour. It was Billy. And now, years later, he won't leave my autistic mind and still laughs in my autistic heart, teaching it to praise. Our next story goes straight at the heart of this season's theme. Living autistic authentically. Faking normal. How I mask my writing disorder to bring you autistic joy. And we'll jump right into it after this quick word from our sponsor. Because I got bills to pay. Did you know most folks check out five episodes of Autistic As Fuck Out Loud. If you found something valuable, a tip for the reading, or that shock when you realize you're not alone, you can help with my work. I offer all my autism info for free. But expenses run about 175 bucks a month. A few bucks make a big difference. Click support on most podcasts or the links to PayPal and Ko-fi in the transcript. Every dime goes towards this podcast. I call this one faking normal. Writing, masking, autism, and me. Writing while autistic, blogs, tweets, articles. For me, every bit as hard as autistic masking, thinking normal. In fact, I'd say I have a writing disability. How about you? Hang in there with me because I'm a 70-year-old autistic elder and I just now found the words. 
Got me an email this morning from one of my uh, two, uh, make that three, high school buddies. We're both retired. Talked about maybe getting together next time he drove this way. He mentions, as he does, that I haven't written back much. And I try to explain, as I do, in my reply. Steve, writing is really difficult for me. I think of writing you often, but haven't been able to pull it off. My other high school friend, uh, Bill, has been disappointed in me for years. It's some weird quirk of mine. I can rip my heart out in detail in a blog post. I can't write a personal note, but I sure appreciate you trying to keep in touch with me. Jay, did I really just write difficult? No. That's not even close to how it is, even with the adverb. Damn, truth is I can't get this right. If you're with me so far, you probably know about autistic masking in social situations. Trying to blend in, look legit for the public, employers, family, friends. Folks may have heard it's exhausting for most autistics. I struggle to find words. Swim up from details to get to the point. Then rehearse what I'm going to say before I try to talk to make sure I'm clear. Without offending anyone. Allowing ten feet for my booming voice. Then rehearsing it all over again. Couple of times to make sure. Mockery, doxing, divorce, toxic disappointment. I've spent an autistic lifetime, one poor word choice away from my worst fears. But me, masking as a writer is harder. It's cray-cray. And like so many problems I had in straight society, for decades I had no clue. Till head stopped banging against wall. Many autistic folks report they never knew they masked, mimicking and adopting character traits that let them pass their entire lives until they read about it or from a pro-diagnosis. Some, like me, practicing straight-up cosplay in the mirror. And pretty much that's how I learned to write for teachers, employers, you. The thing is, writing is permanent. And any writing, potentially public. Think stalkers, bosses, cops. That's where my head goes. You better believe every word I write is heavily masked. Like a grade school composition. Not to please teacher anymore. To communicate clearly, as best I can, without causing pain. Then there are all the rules. Heads. Subheads, word choice, context, grammar, paragraphs, topic sentences. My autistic and ADHD brain wired for about 30 amps of executive functioning. You know, prioritizing, deciding, making choices. Composing a note blows right by 400 amps. For me, writing is a disability. And without assistive devices, not possible. Know what an AAC keyboard is? An augmentive and assistive communication device. Frees non-speaking folks to give voice to their thoughts by typing. Like that, I can't write without a word processor, grammar checkers, computer-assisted editing. I want to help you experience my autistic and ADHD thinking. So I write in a certain style. Bursts of images, short, direct thoughts, loose associations... Streams of what I laughingly call consciousness. But if I couldn't cut and paste my unpredictable random bursts, creating a sort of speaking flow, I couldn't communicate. At least not new or complex thoughts. Not in real-time conversation. 
not in quick scrawled notes. It's like this. I'm a guitarist. Some musicians can improvise. Some mostly memorize. Me? I get on a stage with a song I don't know. I panic. I need to compose every word I speak and write to feel safe. Now, a lot of people write in their life, a lot of autistic people, in jobs, academic papers, applications, emails, freaking social media. And some of my autistic friends have the opposite problem. It's too easy for them to type their thoughts. Their struggle is controlling the flood of words. I should be so lucky. I don't know how you do it. If the effort to mask your writing, composing every sentence to blend in, doesn't exhaust some of you, color me surprised. Like masking during party chit-chat. But the stakes are a lot higher for permanent public text. But for me, there are huge payoffs. Communicating is a challenge worth the effort. One, paying back the other autistic voices who help me make sense of my life. And I hope to make a difference in some children's and parents' lives. Two, a few personal bonus points, like recognition for a skill I dreamed I had, even when teacher after teacher assured me I had no talent for topic sentences. Conquering my challenges as a writer is one of my greatest autistic joys. A last thought, masking isn't a deficit, not something wrong with me or you. It's a survival skill. We're still here, aren't we? And it can be much more, a skillful means toward autistic joy. I get down with my grandson in the garden dirt, flashback on the first green shoots of my own second spring, and hunt for my simplest words, one by one by one, to paint the joy waiting for him each and every April for at least his next 70 years or so. And I'm suddenly thankful for every agonizing decade it took me to conquer telling stories. Because today, I feel exactly like Johnny Profane, wearing the best damn papa mask in history. Hey, that's a wrap. There are gazillions of podcasts out there, and yet you chose to listen to this one to the very end. That means a lot. Thank you. Next episode, how I rediscovered my autistic joy as an adult. Some cosmic speculation on our autistic place in the universe. And serious discussion about the impact of autistic variable ability, adult regression, and phasing in and out of existence like a quantum phenomenon. Want to learn more? Check out my posts, paintings, poems, music, politics, and more at www.autisticaf.me. One last thing, if you enjoyed this podcast, the greatest support you can offer, please share this link on social media, or better yet, email it to a friend you know. Who cares? 